Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Bovada at Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett, the head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook is the great Patrick Morrow. And Patrick, we're down to the conference finals. Uh, we've seen that. You had a couple of wild game sevens. Uh, you saw the Atlanta Hawks uh, advance, the Milwaukee Bucks advance, both through game sevens. How much of a great matchup do you think we'll have there? And then, of course, out west, it's the battle of who's not there. You know, Chris Ball and COVID protocol and Kawhi Leonard nursing injuries. Uh, it, 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 it really is pretty dramatic. And you have a couple of really good pick'em series. Absolutely, Seth. Uh, this NBA playoffs has <clears throat> really just continued to surprise along the way. Unfortunately, you throw in a COVID surprise, which isn't as fun. But uh, this time last week, we were talking about your NBA Finals favorites, the Brooklyn Nets. And now we uh, wave silos to them. They are gone. They are out. Uh, the Bucks finally getting uh, that monkey off their back, having uh, some postseason success. Uh, and it's wide open in front of them. You know, the Hawks are 12 to 1. The Bucks are plus 110 right now to win the NBA Finals. It is the Bucks playoffs. You know, barring what happens with the Suns, barring, uh, you know, what happens uh, if they're able to get past the Clippers with that injury that you noted. But thank goodness that our NBA futures market has just opened up so beautifully for us at the Vada Seth. You know, we talked about the liabilities that we had on teams like the Brooklyn Nets, like the LA Lakers, to a smaller extent, the Golden State Warriors, if they were making that run. And, you know, they did a little bit of damage in those play-in games. They had us scared a little bit because it got up there. But now we're looking at, uh, you know, the Bucks, Suns, Clippers, Hawks, they're all winners for the house. So that is not something that with this much uh, time left in the playoffs, with still four teams remaining that, we can usually say something like that, but we've really lucked out with how this has played out in front of us. And it's been really good basketball for the most part, really good uh, back and forth games. There have been some blowouts, as you noted last week. I, you know, I continue to think that that's part of the battle and the strategy of winning four out of seven, that if you know you're gooned in game two or three, uh, you know what, let's rest up and try and get them tomorrow. And uh, I think these teams have played some really inspiring basketball. I, I continue to just be really, really impressed with the quality and just the surprise again of this NBA playoffs. Yeah, the uh, playoffs are, are, are interesting. Um, when it comes down to futures, though, is Milwaukee a huge favorite over Atlanta? So in that series, they are currently a minus 400 favorite over the Atlanta Hawks, which is, is pretty significant. That means yeah, that we're expecting. Yeah, we're expecting them to win this series about 80 percent of the time. And uh, again, if the Hawks were to get past uh, the Bucks, our our expectations would be that they would be similar underdogs against a team like the Suns. Clippers, again, more of a question mark. You'd hope by that time that if the Clippers were to get past the Suns, that you would have a healthier Kawhi Leonard and really just a healthier core from start to top, but or start to bottom, pardon me. But yeah, I think we'd probably see similar prices. So that is part of why the Bucks are the overall outright favorites to win the NBA championship right now is, again, just because they have the on-paper easier semifinal matchup. Yeah, they do. And uh, we'll, we'll see... What happens there? So they're down to the final four in the NBA. Meanwhile, the Euros continue. And I will say this, uh, the ratings are through the roof. Is the money being spent, whether it's at Bovado or elsewhere, is the money matching just how many eyeballs are watching this stuff? Absolutely, yeah. The the money that we're seeing, and, uh, you know, it's been pretty good for better so far, I will say. There's been a lot of results that uh, haven't been too surprising. You know, the cream has risen to the top very early on in this tournament. Uh, So, you know, we've had some pretty tough days, uh, but that's okay. You know, we're we're a sports book. We can handle the losses, and it's always good for players to, uh, you know, cash out those big wins and see that they can do so confidently and continue to play with us. Uh, Looking, if, if I were to compare, I would say looking at our 
Euro futures right now are outrights. They are as high uh, in terms of liabilities and money wagered as our NBA futures. There's that much yeah. money being bet into this. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's really no shock to me. I mean, the Euros aren't as big as the World Cup, but I think this year, uh, and again, because they were supposed to take place last year, there's this pent-up interest of this return to so-called normalcy. And how great is it seeing all these stadiums across Europe, whether it's in France, England, Spain, Germany, loaded with fans. Yeah. It is awesome. It is infectious. As someone who loves soccer, Seth, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a Liverpool fan, you know, it's, it's great that they won the championship when they returned kind of last year. And, but it's, it's been weird watching so many of you. I love the roar of the crowd in the soccer game because you know what? It goes from start to finish. It's different than football in that regard. Obviously very different than baseball, but there is that dull roar from start to finish that picks up at ebbs and flows, but, the, but it's always buzzing. And I, I just, that is so great. But in some of the other leagues, in some of the, like the Premier League and, and Serie A, you hear chants during the game. You don't hear it as much in the international game because they don't just chant for their country. You know, there's cheering, but it's not those songs. Every team at Liverpool has a song. And Arsenal has a song. They all have these songs that they sing during the actual gameplay. And what happens in the international is it's a more polite audience where they're very pro their country. And it's very different in Copa America because the fans are singing and chanting constantly. But what I what I've noticed just from watching and maybe it's just the audio feeds that I'm hearing or maybe I'm wrong. It's just it's a very mu much more polite crowd um very pro the country that's playing as opposed to the constant chanting that you get in the premier league well i mean uh i i, I do have to cop to the fact that if they're not playing in england uh, i can't quite tell exactly what they're saying so i'm hoping that it's polite uh, you know my, you know you see some of these games in south america or maybe italy sometimes where you know maybe he's wishing him an, a lovely day while he's shooting a firecracker at the goaltender but uh you know, it, it uh, I think there's there's certainly in a lot of these international tourneys, uh, probably more of a tendency to have uh, more of a calmer atmosphere, I suppose, just because you also don't just have uh, you, you don't just have a completely partisan crowd in attendance. There's, uh, you know, there's corporate tickets given out. There's, uh, you know, people that are just fans of the game that are more likely to attend these international tournaments than just the home teams. So I, th I think that plays a part in it as well. I, I you know, uh, yeah, obviously I, I've been to a game at Anfield at Liverpool. That is a partisan crowd and they will make yeah. any visitor fit. And they're smart. They separate the fans in England. You yeah. have to buy a supporter ticket yeah. in the away section. Because if you try and that. if you try and cheer for Manchester United and if you're in the cop where the rowdies are, where I got to sit one time, uh, I mean, you might be politely asked to leave, and that might be the nicest thing that'll happen to you. So <laughs> it's uh, it's certainly different. You're you're right. It's it's a bit of a it's still an intense crowd, but it's perhaps a little bit less partisan. You know when I learned that? I learned that in Japan, because when I was in Japan, I thought the crowds were dead, and they said that in Japan, in their in the Japan baseball league, they cheer with song, mm -hmm. and at the time, you know. The internet what the internet existed, but but it wasn't like you couldn't see every game, you know. <laughs> and so they said, you know, in the Japan League, there's constant cheering in, you know, choreographed cheers. And I said, that's crazy to me. And they said, yeah, you know what else does that? Europe. They do that over in Europe. And I said, 
oh, I didn't I didn't know that. So then I started researching it and I saw some YouTube videos and then FIFA, the FIFA 21 game. You can see those things there because when you're playing a game at Man U, they're singing something and you it's faint, but you know it's not just gener- generic crowd noise like you do in other esports. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's, I love playing the FIFA game and I love playing as Liverpool as a result because even if it's, you know, kind of dull, it's not quite like being there, but I know exactly what they're singing. I know right. why they're singing it at that point. And, and credit to FIFA, they do a really good job of making sure that it pops in at the right time. You know what? Maybe it's given me that little extra boost I need on that free kick. I'm never really that good at free kicks on FIFA. I'm still working on it. Yeah, we, we, we can do a whole other podcast about that because <laughs> what I suspect what we're going to do is live on Twitch. You and I are going to be playing. Oh, nice. That's what's going to happen. You, I, I will challenge you and we're going to figure out how to make that work. And then we're going to stream it on our Twitch channels. That's and, what's going to happen. And not only that, folks, we're going to have odds on it. Oh, even better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why you know somebody there? You, you know the odd makers there. <laughs> I uh, you know I, I can I can rustle up a couple. I think that could uh, put something on there. <laughs> um, meanwhile, um, we've we've used a lot of uh, betting numbers as metrics more than television ratings. It's 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 a it's an interesting phenomenon because you know the old way was you know you went you waited for the ratings, but ratings in some live sports are down, yet betting numbers are higher. So. You, you assume more interest in that. So let's take a look at Copa America. Um, it's the same kind of thing where, the, you know, the, the best countries are, are, are winning. But the reality of it is, is, is it proper to gauge the interest based on how many people are actually placing bets? Right. And uh, this is where, I, I mean, Copa America is great. And I love it as a soccer fan. It's my favorite thing right now is to just have this opportunity to watch soccer all day. I get to catch up with everything that's going on in Europe. Great drama over there. And then at night, uh, being in the Eastern time zone, now this stuff is prime time. I've got my playoff hockey. I've got Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned I'm a Liverpool fan, so I get to see Suarez play. Uh, which, you know, as long as he's not biting people, he's one of the best strikers in the league. But uh, otherwise, he's fantastic. It, it's it's a great tournament. It's great players. And it's all these players that you see playing over in Europe who uh, are now able to come back to South America and play during this international break. Uh, it's a little bit more top-heavy in Copa America. I mean, you do have Brazil as a minus-140 outright favorite, followed by Argentina at 3-1, to one, then Uruguay at 8-1. And then after that, you're talking about a lot of also Rans. Whereas looking at uh, the Euros right now, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a little bit more clunked together. Like France has been the favorite since the beginning of the tournament. And they're still the favorite right now, this recording. And they will be uh, tomorrow and the day after that because they're not playing. But they, uh, are, they're four to one. And then it's Germany and Spain hovering at five to one, six to one, you know, seven to one, stuff like that. So it's a little bit more clumped together, which, you know, creates a little bit more drama. But Copa America is still really, really good soccer. There's still, you know, those fans are nuts. You know, you try and tell those fans that uh, it's not serious, whether you're Venezuela, whether you're uh, Bolivia, whether you're Peru, et cetera. And, uh, you know, they might have some words about it. So it's great. I would say that, uh, you know, we were talking about this issue, uh, not this issue, but this idea of, you know, politeness in these international games. And I'd say that you probably see an even more stark contrast in the South American games versus the ones in Europe. But I, I love that intensity. It's great. Soccer all hours of the day. What more could you ask for? 
Yeah, it's a, it's 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 really cool, and uh, the games have been uh, pretty pretty uh, fun to watch. And like you said, it's all time zone stuff. I mean, that's that's one of the things. Being in North America, you have uh, different sports and different time zones, different parts of the world. Um, Major League Baseball has announced that they are cracking down on sticky stuff. Uh, <laughs> are there any? impacts on who might get suspended anybody is there any odds on any of that stuff is it permeated into the sport that way all yeah. the feedback i've heard is that it sucks <laughs> yeah i mean i mean the players uh don't seem to be big fans uh, maybe, maybe the pitchers more so than anyone and you know we've we've talked about this before seth uh you know the strikeout numbers that we've been seeing this year uh you know video game-esque uh and you know i, I think uh, i noted it when we were talking about jacob de and you know, I, I think it's more and more leading to a game where combined with the money ball effect where you have more players or more batters taking pitches, more uh, pitchers with better control, you end up with these long slogs of game with walks and strikeouts. And uh, I will say we've had to increase our average strikeout odds for player props that we price each day for these pitchers. In terms of, uh, you know, how it's impacting money lines and totals, uh, maybe even run lines or anything else, uh, it's still tough. It's still a lot of noise and enough signal to us. I, I think the best we can say is that these pitchers definitely seem to have more control. And again, that's why we are increasing our strikeout totals for pitchers for each game than we uh, did year over year. But uh, that would be the most meaningful change that we think we've been able to see so far. Uh, how, they will, how they will enforce this stickiness rule, uh, that will be something that we'll have to watch and see. Uh, you know, it may just be a lot of noise from baseball and not a lot of action. Well, it's it's dumb. I mean, there's no other way to say it, and it's frustratingly dumb. But you know, this this is this is how this seems to go uh, with with Major League Baseball. And finally, uh, the National Hockey League, the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're in their final four uh, as they get closer and closer. Um, you kind of have to believe. I don't know what to say because the games are going to happen. Um. You know, it's hard to say, you know, exactly who's going to advance to the Stanley Cup finals because games are being played literally as this podcast is being posted. Goal. But, the <laughs> but the reality of it is, is that you, you, you've had good drama. You've had some overtime games. What is it? 24 Stanley Cup playoff games have been in overtime. Um, it's just been tight. You know, outside of game five Eastern, uh, it's not even Eastern. It's the it's the semifinals. Um, it's not the East and the West, but the uh, Tampa uh, New York series uh, game five was an eight nothing game. But other than that, uh, you have you've had some really, really close games. Yeah, and the NHL playoffs have been fantastic, as they almost always are, Seth. I mean, that is the beauty of following the NHL, handicapping the NHL, and being a Canadian really is, uh, you know, even if your team gets knocked out, you can still get swept up in the drama of just really good gameplay. Uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens had a great overtime win the other night. Uh, your boy, Pat Morrow, was lucky enough to be in attendance. I was actually yeah. eight rows up. This is the first uh, game you'd been in, in what, 18, 18 months? Yeah, the, the last time I went to a sporting event was... I didn't go to a single one in 2019 because, yeah, it was uh, January, February, March. So I hadn't gone to anything since uh, a baseball game. I went to a baseball game in Washington, D.C. in August of 2019. That was the last thing wow. that I had gone to. 
So uh, eight, eight rows up from where poor Marc-Andre Fleury uh, mishandled, uh, you know, in, in a game where uh, Vegas just completely dominated from start to finish. And as a Leafs fan, I know that feeling. That is what Montreal does. Montreal does not outplay you. They don't outwork you. They don't outchance you. But they make you pay. And boy, no, but, uh, that was a tough one. But the funniest was uh, the coach was noncommittal on who his starter would be the next day. And there's nothing that gets into a, into a goalie's head than having him question his place in the team. Like, oh, my God, it, it, for such an intangible, he's such a good goalie. He made a mistake. I mean, there's no secret about it, but the mishandle, you know, and then the, the coach is like playing psycho with him. And it's it, it was really crazy. Yeah. You know what? And for a lot of other goalies, I think that would be tough to deal with. But uh, Fleury did have uh, does have some experience with this. Right. When he was in Pittsburgh, he and Matt Murray would split a little bit of time here and there. So, you know, I, I think Fleury's been around long enough and is good and is, a, is as accomplished as he is to realize that, uh, you know, whatever the coach's mindset behind that was, that Fleury is a team player. And you know what? Flurry has shown that he can bounce back as well. So I, I don't really worry about Flurry psyche and something like that. As much as we generally do worry about goalies, we think they're superstitious by nature. They're very sure. psychological. And, and listen, as much as it's a team game, you know, a lot of people are looking Flurry's way when something like that happens. And to have the coach immediately go to Robin Lehner for game five, that's tough. That, uh, that, that six, or sorry, in game four. That, 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 that can stick in your head. I, I give Flurry a lot more credit for potential to, uh, you know, blow that off a bit but uh yeah it, it is a bit tough since we can't go game in and game out like i said because the, the the games are ongoing um tell me who's going to win the stanley cup you know what and this, this uh, if there's any toronto sports fans listening or friends of pat morrow they'll hate me for saying this i think it'd be awesome if the canadians were able to pull it off I, I don't think they will i think uh you see this all the time with Tam- under tampa's really good I, I think i think it's tampa i think uh you know, the one thing I noticed when watching that game live That's in person crazy. the other two, night two was uh, that would be the one thing I noticed when watching the game the other night in person was just how much bigger and faster this Vegas team was compared to Montreal, just literally like heads and shoulders above them. So I, I think Vegas is good enough to give Tampa a run. Those are without question the top two teams on paper left. Uh, I, I do think Montreal, especially with that game four, uh, you know, blowing it uh, essentially. They actually have played Vegas in game four. But, uh, you know, if I had to say, uh, I think Tampa's going to do it. I think Tampa's going to do it again. You know, it'd be cool if Vegas does. I don't think Montreal has the talent. Even if Montreal somehow gets past Vegas, their luck is going to run out. A hot goalie will only take you so far in the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. It can take you pretty far. Eventually, the rest of the team has to get there. I just think Montreal's luck's eventually going to run out. And same question, NBA. Same question, NBA. Uh, lightning round. Um, I, don't, I don't think the Bucks do it. I think it's going to be the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, wow. Phoenix yep. Suns. I'm going to say Milwaukee. Nice. Well, no, Milwaukee would be a slightly better result for us. I won't be too mad if you're right. <laughs> That's Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at Bovada Sportsbook. I'm Seth Everett as we continue with another issue of the Bovada at Odds podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.
If you're into tech, you're going to be into Tech Stream. What is it? It's a new podcast because that's what the world needs more podcasts. I'm Seth Everett, and he is Shelly Palmer. Hey, Seth, I am Shelly Palmer. At least last time I looked, and the world does need one new tech podcast because there just aren't enough tech podcasts, except this really isn't only going to be about tech. No, and it's not going to be something that only experts and let's face it, nerds are going to know. And it's also not going to be for dummies. We're not going to tell you how to turn on your location services. As a matter of fact, we're not going to tell you anything. What we are going to do, though, is make you aware of some of the most interesting things that are happening. What's new? What's next? What it might mean? Why you might care? And by the way, how it's going to change your life. It's TechStream with Seth Everett and Shelley Palmer. You can find it on Underdog Podcasts and wherever you get your shows.